Hey, it's Kanzano. I appreciate you making this podcast part of your day. Make sure you subscribe if you want more and leave us some feedback. Away we go. Initialize sequence. Welcome to The Baldcast, a production of John Kanzano's Baldface Truth. Off the screen, top of the key for the tie. Bracket, front iron, no good. Rebound, Yaki in the lane. Dishes it left wing for the tie. Wellsy hits it. And he got fouled. And he got fouled. <laughs> Four point play in Tucson. Jalen Wells, 24.6 left. Can you believe it? With a smile on his face, Jalen Wells, a four-point try, and a free throw coming for the lead. Whoa. Huge win in Tucson last night for Washington State. The Cougars are alone in first place in the Pac-12 standings. There's still some ball to play, but big win over Arizona. Kyle Smith, uh, I grabbed him this morning. I texted him. He said, uh, hey, I got time right now if you want to do an interview. And so I jumped into the studio and I recorded this interview. So you're hearing Kyle Smith at about 8 o'clock in the morning uh, after a big win over Arizona. Here's that interview. Hello? Hey, Coach, how you doing? Hey, what's going on? Congrats, man. That was awesome. It sure was. Thanks. Give me an idea. Uh, going in there, you know, you were a 10.5-point underdog at home against these guys, 13-point on the road, and how did you feel going in? You know, I actually felt I felt like we were going to compete pretty well. Now, getting a win there is a whole other story, but um, and I don't know why, but uh, this group's been pretty good, probably because we've won seven in a row. <laughs> but, uh, you know, I thought we could, we could uh, take care of the ball would give us a chance, and I think both games we only turned it over nine times. So, and and same same result. Just got to gave us a chance end of the game, and and you got to get lucky too. Down the road, can you can you look that far down and go, hey, this is we won in that environment. Now, you know we can do anything. Kind of kind of. Mentality. Yeah, I mean, I think just it's another notch in our belt as far as confidence building. And it's funny how how. Uh, how precious that is. And, you know, you don't know as a coach, you go through these seasons and you have opportunities. Like, I think for us, the first one was Boise State, um, where we got a win against We knew they were good. It's a good team. And I think that was the first time, like, okay, we can beat good teams. And and then the second one was when we got road win at USC. So, um, and that's just, we've been building kind of, kind of that way. And I think those give you a chance. Anytime you went on the road and, um, we're fortunate got UW in overtime. That was a good environment. That was, and then this is probably one of the best environments in college basketball, needless to say. We talked uh, at different points about you know this team and and how good and how, how you guys have come out of last season well. But at what point did you know you had something on your hands or the potential to have something on your hands this season? Um, well, I really think it was when we won at USC. I, I and I, maybe. Um, even that, I I noticed Miles Rice was <laughs> pretty good. You know, I was like in our first scrimmage because he'd been two years and we knew he was very talented um, and didn't he didn't want to put a huge expectation on him. And uh, you know, in our first couple scrimmages, he was our leading scorer. And so I was like, okay. And, you're, and the coaches coaches are usually pretty conservative by nature and cautious. And then you know, I think we played Mississippi State and he was at twenty. So I, when we finally um, let him kind of uh, take our team as far as running the uh, 
point that he gives a pretty high ceiling because there's some other pieces that go along with that, but having a point guard that can put a lot of pressure on the defense and stuff like that it's kind of gave us, a you know, like I said, a, a level that we can get to. You had some different rotations during this game that you know, people who have been following you all year will notice that you know, you did a couple things different. Was there a strategy reason there? Is that feel? What, what were you thinking uh, as you're kind of working that out? Yeah, no, I, I think people always ask me style of play. I don't know what to say because I don't. <laughs> but I, I'm, I would say we're legitimately a counterpunching team. I just think that's kind of we're always going to take what the defense gives us a little bit, and then we have we've got some oddball sizes this year with um, our best players, our front court guys, and. Being playing Kamani in the backcourt at six 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 seven with seven foot wingspan, and we've been playing our, our uh, we've got a name for our defense now. We call it the Shamble, <laughs> and uh, it's Coach Shaw plus Scramble. So he, oh. he's he basically has the keys to he he's the only one that really knows what's going on out there. Both teams, <laughs> I mean, and our players, I think our players and Coach Shaw know what's going on, and then I'm pretty sure uh, the head coach is you know I'm just cheering them on, so. Uh, and this just kind of made us a different look. I'm, I mean, I think we talked last time, we talked about the bandwagon. You, you know, you said there was room on the bandwagon. You know, I know you got a better, much better turnout that second home game. You're going to be going back home against the uh, L.A. schools coming up. I mean, I got a feeling you're going to get, they're going to have some parking problems. Like, I, I uh, that's a good problem, but, you know. Yeah, no, I, I hope they don't charge for parking. I think I've heard enough people in town say they don't. They watch them on TV because we charge for parking, so I'm making the request now. <laughs> yeah. Let's let's waive the parking fees, get them in the building. So no, I think it'll be great. I saw someone took a a video of the Valhalla, the bar, local bar in town, and it was pretty nuts. And we uh, when Jalen hit that shot, it was pretty awesome to watch. That uh, people are pretty enthused, and I, I agree. I think we'll have some good turnouts when we get back home. You see some teams that when they face crisis or they face some adversity, they'll splinter. This one has pulled together after last season and losing guys. Why do you think that is? Our character. I mean, like I said, it's I got to double down on my why, why I do this. And, and we pitch it to parents. We pitch it to the kids. It's corny. But we say, hey, this is a character development program. We display our character through basketball. So we start from there, and then we try to work through it. And um, so we try to keep the main thing the main thing, and um, that's what makes me proud of the guys I've coached in the past to see how well they do in life. Um, so I think, you know, when I say, if you want guys that want to be here, and, and I still have good relationships with some of the guys that left. I mean, we didn't leave on bad terms. But it's like, hey, you don't want to be here? Fine, we'll be okay. And, uh, and we have been. So we just kind of got better. And I think the only two pieces that have been here for five years are, are me and Shaw. So the shamble. <laughs> I love that. Yeah, yeah. Right, give me an idea. I sent you a text after the game because I just thought, wow, what a what a crazy night. And I know your phone must have looked nuts. Like, take <clears> me through kind of after the game, after, you know, we all get to stop watching on TV, what your night was like last night. Oh, I said we're a bunch of nerds. Um, it was – it was got on the bus and drove to Tempe, and they weren't too rowdy. And I think everyone just kind of, you know, responded to their texts. And, um, you know, we, we know we've got ourselves an opportunity. And um, we've got a top – I mean, ASU almost made the biggest comeback. We're, we moved on to the next. I know we're not quite Belichick. We do with a smile. We're not, we're not <laughs> grumpy about it. But, like, hey, we, we got to celebrate it, enjoy it. And they were great in the locker room. 
And it was great to see some other guys like Miles Neff play his best game. Um, and Ruben and Kamani came off the bench and were awesome. So it's just it's a good group, man. It's a team's team, and and we're just trying to stay in that stay in that zone and uh, know that six o'clock tomorrow we got to tip it off. And like I said, ASU's talented and quick and gonna gonna cause problems for us. I look back at and I was looking at your losses and I saw the Cal game, I saw Santa Clara, um, and you know. The, you look at where you are now, and this looks like something confidence-wise or rhythm or fluid, or maybe you guys just figured figured out how to play well together. That when you saw Cal the second time, it was a much different game. Like, how yeah. do you, how do we explain that? Oh, just all of the above, the things you hit on. I think us uh, getting more confident. Like I said, like is you we got to put it put together pretty quickly. Then you got to go through some stuff. And you said you got a guy like Miles that's getting better. Isaac Jones, even though he's older and that stuff, he hadn't played at this level. And I think once he and he struggled his first two league games, first shoot, maybe first four. I think it's first four he really struggled, and then he broke out of it. And he's kind of like it was like, oh, I, I can, you know, anyone that watches him play is like, oh, that guy's a good talent, but inside he's not sure. So I think that established those, those things that. And just kind of get better. And sometimes, with like I said, you you get a win in how you handle success. You can handle one of two ways: you can soften up, or you can you know kind of get hungrier for it. And this group, for whatever reason, seems to really believe in themselves. I told you last time. I thought you were Sweet Sixteen. We might have to reevaluate that. Whoa, whoa, whoa! Pump the brakes. That was getting (laughs) toxic. And the Cal, you know what? Cal outplayed us in Berkeley, and we still had a chance to win. That's why I, I wasn't that depressed after that game. Yeah. Because I was going to say, we were, we were up seven with two minutes, and it weren't quick. They hit an and one, and then they hit a three, went to one, and they had out-rebounded us. They had won the turnover battle. They just, they were, that was our first time playing against Madsen's team, and, and uh, I mean, no surprise, they played really hard. They play like he, they play like he <laughs> played. Know, it was like, they were playing hard. I was like, oh, and I, I and um, but I felt like okay, how are we going to respond to that? We had Colorado and Utah at home, and we played really well. We yeah. just like okay, we, we we feel like, and that's a great sign because we, you know, kind of you could look at it, gave away, say you know what, we didn't totally earn that one, and if we would have stole it, I think it would have bit us in the butt. You know, the next game, you never know. But they've kind of they've been very coachable. You get back. You get into Tempe. You you go to sleep. You sleep well. You watch film. What do you, you know, you stay up because you can't sleep. What happens? Well, my wife got me my these beats. I didn't even know these things. These noise canceling things. Yeah. And I was cranked up some Mount Joy on the bus, and I was just I was I was vibing. I was I was really pumped. Listen to a little Mount Joy, and I'm gonna watch a little film now. But I, and I slept about four or five hours. So that that's what I did. You, you know what? You were talking. You, you, one time we were talking, and you talked about the kids ordering their sandwiches online, how the way they want them or on their phones. Now you're listening with uh, some Beats headphones. Is it headphones you got or the ear pods or what do you got? No, I got the headphones, man. Noise canceling, man. I listen to my podcast. I'm, I, hey, I'm trying to stay focused. It's hard with all you media guys watching. <laughs> I know. Piece of us. I know. So, uh, but no, I was, like I said, it's, it's been even, this crew's pretty even keeled. Um, and that's we've told them not too high, not too low, but I think that's kind of centered. Andre, Isaac, Oscar, um, Jalen, those guys are really their emotional maturity is is really high, and their work ethic's high, and they're and that that that's that makes a really fun group to coach. 
uh, Kelly Graves yesterday. We were talking to him, and uh, I did not know he coached your wife. And mm-hmm. and you know he's really excited for you guys. It's got you got to be hearing from a ton of people after a game like oh, that. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. Come out of the woodworks. The bandwagon. It's never full for us. We're, we'll welcome, like I said, welcome all. <laughs> They're in. So yeah, now Kelly's been a big supporter, and he always goes out of his way to try to track me down when we play in Eugene, and and uh, and my wife loves him. He's a heck of a recruiter. She said I, I, she would have done anything to play for that guy. So he's a good man. All right. Kyle Smith, thank you, man. Congrats to you, and uh, we'll catch up with you. I can't wait to see you in the tournament, and I'll see you in Vegas. All right. Thanks, John. Appreciate okay. Take it. care, man. Bye-bye. What a story. Washington State men's basketball. Remember, Kyle Smith, he lost players to the NBA. He lost two key players in the portal, including one, TJ Bamba, uh, who goes to Villanova. And he loses another, Dennis Rodman's kid. DJ goes to USC. He replaces those losses with a community college player, a Big Sky Conference player, and a player who was at Sonoma State playing Division II basketball. Takes that team into Tucson and ends up sweeping Arizona this season. Big win for Washington State. You've been all over it. I think this is the third time this season we've had Kyle Smith on the show. We could see this coming. i got to say this, too. Am I the only one who is looking at the Oregon State women's basketball program and their success, number nine in the country, lightning in a bottle, game-winning shots, playing with purpose, and watching Kyle Smith's team at Washington State, same thing, eight in a row, big win over Arizona, and thinking, gosh, these two programs, these two Pac-2 schools are sure playing uh, like they're seeking revenge. Am I the only one that's thinking that? I can't be. Leave it here. you got the BFT statewide on the Bald Face Truth Radio Network. I loved being able to share that interview with you. Kyle Smith, Washington State coach. That was taped at about 8 a.m. this morning. I'm sure he's had a busy day. So much, uh, so much of the success of Washington State has been fun to watch. Oregon State as well. See what they do in the conference tournaments. We'll be broadcasting live. This show will be from Las Vegas during the women's tournament and the men's tournament. So uh, the Thursday and Friday of both of those tournaments will be live from Las Vegas. We'll have guests that are part of the tournament. Uh, we'll get coaches. We'll get players. We'll bring you to Vegas. Um, you know, I, Basically, I'm taking you to Vegas, and it's not costing you anything. It's not going to cost you, uh, you know, you know what happens walking through the casino. Uh, we're not going to do that to you, but you're going to get the flavor of Vegas on this show uh, as we go there and take the show on remote as we do. Um, this is not some uh, radio show. It's not two guys sitting on a bucket in a garage. Um, I, you know, if that works for you, you want to listen to that, you can go into your own garage and get a bucket. But uh, we are going to be one guy sitting in Vegas inside the arena where the action is, and you're going to be hearing from. Uh, personalities like Kyle Smith, the Washington State coach, and Scott Ruick, the Oregon State women's coach, and we'll go to where the action is and bring you right there with us. Um, we're going to give you our big splash coming up. Before I do, Judah Newby, you're in the seat today. Stephen Vaughn off today. I think it's his birthday this weekend. Mm-hmm. Yeah, birthday for Stephen, uh, I think, tomorrow. So he's taking the day to celebrate, which uh, I'm all for. Probably going to Chuck E. Cheese. I know, yeah. you know, do something like that. But or, hey, what did you, you know, the yeah. Spare Mount or something? Get a little, uh, get a little. <laughs> yeah, that'd be more his speed. Yeah, action that'd on the games this weekend. Chinook wins, something like that. Yeah. Um, give me an idea. Um, Kyle Smith, 
the Washington State men's program, Scott Ruick, the Oregon State women's program, I don't know why it just keeps popping into my mind. I'm kind of looking at these two teams going, you know, they know this is the last time they're playing a Pac-12 schedule. I just wonder, and I want to hear that from a player, but I wonder how much of that is on their minds as they are uh, soaring this season. Yeah, it's got to be on the coaches' minds, I would think. And, you know, for, for Ruick and, and the Beavers, I'm really fascinated because they've kind of rebuilt themselves, refound themselves after the early success of, you know, 15, 16, and 17. I kind of doubted that they would ever get back to the point uh, that they were during that time. And, and Scott Ruick has found a way. Uh, for Washington State, golly, I don't think they've won the conference since 1941. I mean that's incredible. That that's a long, long time of uh, of of not being relevant at the top of the conference, and they could win the dang thing in the last year of the Pac-12. That's amazing to me that you couldn't ask for a better storyline. And I'm not a you know a coog at all, but the fa- my favorite part about all this is seeing the Cougar Nation kind of assemble and come together and just soak it up and love it. You know, there's so many Coug fans. In the Portland area, so many listeners who are Coug fans and people we work with, John, you and me, that they got a extra, you know, a hop in their step, walk around the office today, and it's just great to see Jim Moore on on social yeah. media just soaking it up. And I'm like, man, that brings a smile to my face because you know that fan base deserves it just as much as you know some of the players and coaches do, and they get to have this moment. It's not over yet, you know. They're absolutely dangerous going into postseason play. If a team like San Diego State can catch fire and go to the national championship you know FAU can go to the final four why can't the Cougs do something special in March I'm all for it they're the second biggest team in the country as far as size and Kyle Smith kind of alluded to the fact that they've got some oddities um, at certain positions and one of them is that you know they have a guard that they bring off the bench um, you know Kamani Husano who is six seven and he has a seven foot wingspan He's not a starter, but he played significant minutes. He came off the bench, and he really gave Arizona problems. Arizona's having problems shooting from the three-point range, in part because anytime you know Kimani was around, um, you got to shoot over a seven-footer, essentially. And so um, you got him out there on the perimeter. They have really good uh, – they're getting really good play from, of course, you know, a player like uh, Jalen Wells, who nobody saw coming. Uh, who is you know might be the best player in the conference this season? If not, he's right there. He's one B. Um, but when you look at the standings on the men's side, it's really interesting. Washington State is in first place today, twelve and four in conference play. Oregon State's in last place on the men's bracket. All right, three and thirteen. There's your first and last on the men's bracket. On the women's side, Oregon State ten and four trails only Stanford in the in the standings. And by the way, the Oregon women are in last place. And so I just find it interesting, like, it's feast or famine right now for these programs. Like, And, and, and you know, we had Graves on, Kelly Graves on yesterday, and I thought, he, I thought it was a really important interview to have, especially at this point of the season, because he's got to fix it at Oregon. But he's going off to play in the Big Ten next year. And Scott Ruick, you know, I think there's some urgency for these Pac-2 teams, Oregon State, Washington State, because next year they're going to be WCC type uh they'll be in the standings in the wcc they'll be playing in the wcc tournament they're not going to be playing these pac-12 teams it's kind of like there's a little bit of urgency and i'm just wondering if they're flipping the teams that have a shot here are flipping the switch going this is it 
Yeah, and it's interesting, too, because Graves mentioned how tough the Pac-12 schedule is. He's like, oh, so rigorous. You know, we just played seven top 20 teams in a row. Like, that never happens. And it's almost like, well, the Big Ten might be easier from a competition standpoint yes. for the schedule. So it might be a reprieve going to the Big Ten. And then as far as, you know, the Beaver women, uh, we'll see what their schedule ends up looking like. And I'm sure, we'll be, yeah, it's going to be a lot different than the gauntlet that they faced in the Pac-12. And that's just the other thing. I mean, you know, the Pac-12 is just so good at so many of these sports. It's a shame that this conference, you know, is is no more. But it sets up for a pretty epic finish in Vegas with these two tournaments. And you have, I of course, I, I heard from Washington State fans today. I wrote about Kyle Smith. I wrote about Washington State at johnconzano.com. And I, I did get some Washington State fans in the comment section who are saying, you know, this is great, but... Are we going to lose Kyle Smith at the end of the year? Just like Oregon State lost Jonathan Smith at the end of the football season. And, you know, when you're relegated more or less to playing, you know, WCC opponents next year, um, are, on the men's side in particular, are you, you know, are you going to see a flight, a uh, potential flight by Kyle Smith? And I, I think the answer is yes. I think he's going to get offers. I think he's going to be the national coach of the year if he wins this conference in the regular season. He's gonna get. Um, he's gonna have a choice of two or three jobs, and I think Washington State's gonna probably lose him. But I think that comes with success, right? One of the things that comes with success when you have good players, good coaches, is you're gonna you're gonna get poached. You know, the 49ers lose defensive coordinators uh, after appearing in the Super Bowl in the NFC Championship game. Their coordinators get hired away. Um, in uh, and teams that uh, teams like Oregon State are gonna lose players in the portal at the end of the football season. And Jonathan Smith's going to go to Michigan State. And people are not going to be happy about that. But I also think you have to kind of step back. If you're a fan of Washington State, you really have to enjoy this. Enjoy it like, you know, there's nothing coming after it. Because, uh, you know, he may leave just like Tony Bennett left. And I won't blame him for that if he takes a different job in a different conference because he's been there a while. He's kind of done this thing. If he wins the conference championship, he's a hell of a coach. Somebody's going to call him. Judah, do you blame him if he he makes a leap after this season? Oh, no, not at all. I mean, I would be <laughs> it would be one of the most stunning uh decisions if he decided to stay. I mean, this has, you know, he he should leave. Honestly, he should leave. There's no reason for him to stay from just an individual standpoint. Uh, I think everybody recognizes that. That's okay. That should be okay. There should be really no even Kook fans shouldn't say, "Oh man, I can't believe he's going to leave." Like Let's be real about the situation. When you're real about the situation, you can appreciate the moment even more. Let's appreciate what is going on here with the knowledge that the coach is leaving. And guess what? It's all okay because that's the reality of the situation. You don't have to strain and stress yourself out about, is my coach going to leave? Is he going to stay? The reality is he's going to get a better job that pays him more money, and it's better for him and his family. Good for you, Kyle Smith. You earned it. You deserved it, especially with this roster that you have right now after all the turnover from last year. I mean, it's a storybook finish. Let's enjoy the storybook part of it and not worry too much about the yeah. fact that he's going to leave because he it, should. It's hard, though. It's so hard because I think Oregon State fans are nodding their heads going, okay, yeah, yeah it's great to say that, but it doesn't feel good to get left, you know? And, yeah. But <laughs> you know but these Jonathan, two guys are different. These yeah, two situations yeah. are much different, you know, with Smith and with the two Smiths, right, Jonathan and, and Kyle. Like, there's some comparisons there, but the manner in which Jonathan left would be much different than the manner in which Kyle leaves. Now, I, have, I did talk to Kyle Smith frequently in the off season, I talked to him in the summer. I talked to him as the season approached. I had no idea they were going to be this good. 
I thought they, you know, that we had we had talked with a bunch of people who had picked them tenth, eleventh, and twelfth in the conference, and you're that they get picked there because they lost. You know, they lose T.J. Bamba to Villanova. They lose D.J. Rodman to USC. They lose, um, you know, their center goes to the NBA draft and gets picked 39th. He's picked in the second round. He had eligibility left. He could have stayed. He's like, I'm out. So he's starting over, and, you know, you don't really get a chance to see his guard, his, uh, you know, his combo guard because the kid is coming off of, you know, beating cancer. He had non-Hodgkin's lymphoma. And he's coming back from cancer, and so nobody was thinking anything. Miles Rice would be what he is, but but Kyle Smith saw him. You know, he watched him practice, he watched him play in the summer, and he thought, "Gosh, you know, that's like picking up a player in the portal. You're getting Miles Rice healthy, and he looks good." And and then he goes and he grabs the kid from Idaho. He grabs a Division two player from Sonoma State, and so all of a sudden, uh, you know, you look up and you go, "Gosh, like." Um, Jalen Wells is a really good player, like you know. And and I talked to the head coach at Division Two Chico State about Jalen Wells, and he said, "Gosh, that was a kid that we recruited, and we didn't think he was strong enough to play Division Two basketball. He went to Sonoma State instead of Chico State, Division Two Sonoma State, Sonoma known for wine country, not for basketball." And then Jalen Wells ends up um, at Washington State. Now he he had time to develop. He got stronger. He's a really good player. Like he's you know he gave Arizona all kinds of problems. It's got some Jordan Pope vibes to it, right? With uh, with guys getting overlooked initially, but then finding a home at an Oregon State or for uh, Jalen Wells at Washington State, and then thriving in the midst of it. And you need good strong coaching to get the most out of these guys. And to your brand point that you brought up in the opening segment as well, like, got to capitalize on on this winning. For Wazoo and Oregon State, I feel like their best brand reinforcement is winning because they don't have exactly the resources or the deep pockets to support all these, you know, social media. At least that's the way maybe my perceptions are wrong. And I see the Beavers are trying to do more social media stuff and pushing stuff out, and they're doing a, a good job of that. But it's not going to be at the level that Oregon does it, at least not to that level of sophistication or or maturity yet. Their best brand reinforcement is winning. There was nothing better for Oregon State Athletics at the time than back-to-back baseball national championships, than even Wayne Tinkle getting them to, you know, the four-minute timeout in the Elite Eight, tied with Houston, four minutes away from going to a Final Four. Winning is the best brand reinforcement for these programs. But to your point, they got to make sure they capitalize on this, you know, momentum that they have. That is a great point. Football drives the bus, but I think they need to do more. They need to be thinking about the eyeballs. More people than ever are talking about Oregon State and Washington State right now. It's time to capitalize. But I do worry. These are two programs, two schools historically that have not branded themselves well. So I hope they go outside for some ideas. That brings us to our big splash. It comes out of the NFL. Speaking of outside. The one thing you absolutely need to know today. Look, look, look at it. Where? Down there. The Big Splash. Brought to you by Killer Burger, home of the peanut butter pickle bacon burger and voted best burger five years in a row. Killer Burger, the burgers your mama warned you about. Well, the NFL's salary cap is directly tied to the league's revenue. So when there's growth in revenue, salary cap goes up. The NFL announced today that the salary cap for the 2024 season 
will be a record $255 million per team. That's a 13.6% increase over last year's cap, and it's a sign that the league is entering a new phase of exploding revenue. Um, Look, uh, teams like the 49ers, the Green Bay Packers, and the Seattle Seahawks were all projected to be over the cap, but because the number came in so high, they're now going to be under the cap. Massive jump? Why? Well, part of it is the league paid back all of the player benefits that were deferred in 2020 as part of the agreement between the players and the league to keep their league running during the pandemic. But uh, good news for NFL free agents. Uh, The NFL saw a cap increase every year of 10 to 12 million dollars this next year it's going up 30 million dollars so keep an eye on those free agent contracts and a lot of smiles coming out of seattle and san francisco and green bay where they thought they were going to have to make some really tough decisions all right hour number two is coming up punch and audio still ahead we're going to check in with the beat reporter for the sacramento kings later in the program we interrupt this broadcast with a special announcement from the Bald Face hey, Sorry Truth. to interrupt the podcast, but if you want to listen to more of the Bald Face Truth Radio Show, including more of this segment that you're listening to, make sure you subscribe on SoundCloud and iTunes to the Bald Face Truth Radio Show. Thanks for listening.